Coming up today on David versus Goliath. I love that I, crystal joy. It just every time I say it, I smile. I can't help myself. If you have something to do, do it. Don't get scared because you don't understand it. Did Before you, you Donald Trump these people? You're fired. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with an extra special, with sugar on top, episode of the David vs. Goliath podcast. My wife has been reluctant to do this interview, but I thought it would be such a great thing for my listeners and my watchers to be able to learn a lot about what it's like to have a husband and wife dynamic running businesses, and Crystal is an amazing co-founder, CFO, owner, co-owner in my businesses, and I thought it would be great to bring her on, give that human element, that dynamic of relationships and working together. It should be a lot of fun, so it's going to be great. Today's episode is brought to you by Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their all-in-one solution built specifically for small businesses to help you find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their software platform, their marketing platform, and their training and consulting platform. Take the 120-second tour today at AnthemSoftware.com. Also, my book is out. On Barnes and Noble and Amazon, type in Adam DeGray, D-E-G-R-A-I-D-E. You can pick up your copy for your kids or your grandkids, The Adventures of Jackson, The Young Field Mouse, teaching kids bravery, gratitude, and how to listen. Very, very important. I actually just read it to our kids last night. It was, uh, it was just a precious time. Uh, so we're very excited about today. Today's going to be amazing. And before we get into it, don't forget to visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to receive our email newsletter, and you can also apply to be on the podcast. We're getting many more applications, and it's going to be some great episodes coming up. But with no further ado, this extra special guest, my best friend, my partner, Crystal Joy DeGrade. Crystal, welcome to the David versus Goliath podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I know that you had, uh, you were a little reluctant to do this. You know, you were like, really? I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I think people are going to love it. And uh, people always love to hear how we met. But, you know, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell a little bit of that story. Hopefully you're okay with that. But sure. I met Crystal because at the time I met Crystal, she was working at her family's insurance agency, which is ISU-RMAC in the high desert. They were a client of my business, uh, Astonish. I almost forgot the name of which one it was at the time. And uh, Crystal was sharp. She was bright. She was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I hosted an event at the Del Coronado in San Diego and uh, gave a speech there. A lot of our clients came in. About 300 of our clients were there. And we met that night and, uh, and definitely was an interesting story. So why don't you tell people a little bit about, you know, your first impressions of, of Adam DeGrade over here? Wow. My first impressions of Adam DeGrade, that pretty much sums it up as wow. Um, when I first uh, saw Adam, he was on stage giving an amazing speech full of passion and energy. And, you know, I don't know how you could have left that uh, speech and, and not wanting to go and take on the world. It was it was awesome. It was so awesome that I wrote down every single word that he said, went back to my hotel room during a different conference that happened right after. And I recreated his whole presentation and I ended up trying to give the same speech to all of the um, the employees at ISU RMAC. And you can imagine it probably didn't come across as well as Adam did it, but I tried to give the same amount of passion and energy. It's just when it's a girl talking to girls, they're all just rolling their eyes. So, but I tried. 
that that was awesome. I, I do remember that event, and that event was cool. Basically, what we did was, at the time, trying to help our clients utilize the software, we would fly them all in, um, and we did an event at the Del Coronado, and we trained for like I think it was a day and a half, and we had some parties and we had some live bands come in. It was a, a really good time, and as I started to get to know Crystal better, you know, months and months later, we started spending more time together, and I realized, Crystal, that you had a lot of experience in business. And at the time, I think when we when we reconnected, you were recently made the CEO of ISU-RMAC at that time. So I think what would be really neat, because a lot of people don't know what it takes to end up where you are now, where you're a co-founder, a partner of mine, a CFO, um, and, and all these things don't happen, right? They're a progression of everything in our lives. So go back and tell people a little bit about your work history, because I think if you can follow where people start, you can end up, you can also understand how they end up where we are right now. So Crystal, tell them a little bit about your life's path and work and journey um, and schooling, which we know you went to school like nobody went to school. I mean, you went to more schools than anybody I know. So I think it would be very interesting for people to, to learn your journey. Oh, so my journey starts back in high school where I picked up some part-time work at my father's insurance agency. And all I did there really was filing or anything that they needed done that I could possibly do. I did. Um, back then, we actually had paper files. So we had a full, huge room of just files in it. So someone had to make those files. So um, that's where I started. And then when I went to college, um, I, I got really bored with just school and sorority life and I wanted money and I wanted the ability to have a job. So I walked into Robinson's Maine, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I had no clue what I was doing because this is the first time I've ever, you know, tried to find a job. And I walked in and I gave them my application and they looked at me and they said, well, hold on, let me see if a manager's available. And so I was like, okay. So they brought the manager of the makeup department. Now the makeup department is actually a department that usually people either have to work their way up to or or something miraculous happens like what happened with me. I um, I spoke to the manager in the makeup department and he offered me a job at uh, Christian, uh, oh my gosh, Christian Dior Cosmetics. And that was another position that most people had to work their way into, mainly because of the pay. The pay was just a lot larger than other positions. So that was primarily why everyone had to work their way up. So I worked there for a while. I had a manager in the Bay that uh, wasn't the, the easiest woman to get along with. She thought I was going to take her job, which I had no desire or understanding on how to even do that. So, um, but her and I actually ended up becoming acquaintances and, um, and I enjoyed that job a lot. After that, I ended up um, working for um, Eddie Matney in Scottsdale as a hostess, which was interesting because I had to get used to phone skills. I had to learn how to, you know, organize tables, organize servers. And I know if anyone ever gets frustrated with a hostess at the front of a busy, um, a busy restaurant, take a breath because it's not necessarily that table's available. Why can't I sit there? There's a lot going on in the background that you don't even know about. So just give them grace. But, um, but that was fun. I got to meet some interesting people. The restaurant industry is a very interesting restaurant, just industry of, on its own, but fun people. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, I jumped from school to school. I started at ASU and then I went to a couple community colleges and then I decided that I wanted to be an interior designer. So then I went back to California and I went to the Institute of Interior Design in Newport Beach. Um, loved everything I learned there, but I never ended up, I did start my own business. So that was a process of learning, learning how did to start it have a business. Did it have a name? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Did it have a name or was it just... Crystal Joy's Interiors, or what was the name of the business? At the That's time? what it was, Crystal Joy Interiors. <laughs> See, it makes so sense. I, learned, I love that name, I by the way. I learned the whole trade. I love that name, I, Crystal Joy. It just, every time I say it, I smile. I can't help myself. Because that's yeah. what you do. You bring joy to people. Yeah. So that was my first experience in starting a business. Um, I was probably early 20s, 20, 
22, maybe 23. And I had to learn the whole, um, the interior design industry to even start a business. I had to, to create the company, do the DBA, do, learn QuickBooks. Good Lord. That was fun trying to learn QuickBooks. Um, yeah, but think about that. Think about that. But think about what? that. Think about that because you, you know, you work in QuickBooks every day of your life. You've been the CFO of a few companies, CFO of our family business. All of this stuff, you know, from, you know, we're putting makeup on people and learning how to communicate with them and articulate yourself there in that store to then greeting people, dealing with hungry or, or and, and you know, if I walk in and I'm hangry, you know what it's like to go to a restaurant with me when I'm hangry. I better be yes. sat and I better be sat quick and somebody better put something in my mouth. And, uh, it, it's, and I'm always reminding you to have grace for the hostesses. <laughs> yes, you are. And, and that's why we make a good, that's why we make a good pair. But although if we waited for your timeline all the time, we probably would never eat. So it's a blend. Everything's a blend. And then you go from there to, you know, your dear college, all these different things. You're trying to figure it out. Then you start your own business. You have to learn QuickBooks. You learn a little bit about DBA. This is all leading you along the way. And I think for the watchers and listeners, this is great because you might be right now in one of these stepping stones in your life. And they're all leading you to some place of greatness if you keep following them. So from there, having your own business, you started learning QuickBooks. You did interior design. I know one of the things you told me um, when we were dating is that you liked the discounts you'd get on uh, the different furnishings. Is that and that you helped mom and dad furnish the house at a discount? Is that correct? Yes, I uh, I did an upcharge of ten percent on my discounts as my fee. Which is really, I mean, any interior designer listening to this would be like, oh my goodness, how dare you only do 10% and how dare you not charge a fee? So usually it's a blend of a fee plus a, you know, an upcharge. But as my mom, I was learning, I was experiencing. Now, now let's I mean, get a calculator out just for mom and dad. And we're just going to calculate how much they should have paid you. And then we'll do a compounding interest over the, you know, what, <laughs> how many years now? Uh, I won't say many years because, you know, I know you may not want to tell people how old you are. And then we'll just give them a bill and we'll just say, hey, you know, this is like our this is our 10th anniversary uh, fund. And, you know, well, Ross and Barbara, we really appreciate it. I see where you're going, but uh, I did make up for that when I ended up working for them in the insurance agency, which ah, came next. <laughs> yeah. T tell, so tell, the folks, was, yeah. tell the folks about that. That's that's a really big step. So you went from. Learning your own. What I like about your story, though, is you didn't just stay in the family business. You did get outside and work with challenging people, difficult owners, some owners you like, some managers you didn't like. All those life skills helped you. And then to go starting your own, to going back to the family business, you had a lot of experience that some people that start in family businesses and only stay in family businesses don't get. So there's a lot of benefit to that as well, too. And at the agency, what did you do there? Um, I started out as a sales rep. I went and got licensed and I started out in personal lines. And I um, I would say that that's where I grew a thicker skin because I had days where I had to go outside and cry and scream because the people were horrible, horrible to me. Um, probably because I do have a higher pitch voice and I come across as uh a ditzy blonde sometimes, but, um, I, I had to, I had to toughen up. And so I did. Um, and then I became one of the top salespeople in the agency. Um, and then I just, you know what, I wanted to, I wanted to move down to LA cause who doesn't want to live the, the LA lifestyle. And we had a different office down there in Alhambra. And, um, so I went and I started working there where it was only two other women that worked there. And I started noticing things. Actually, there were three at the time and I started noticing things and things weren't actually working the way that they were working at our larger office. And so, you know, a lot of things happened and I had to put on some big girl pants and, and put fill a role that I didn't even know existed as, um, as manager and caring for our, our family business as an owner. Um, even though I wasn't one, I it's still our family. So I ended up, having to clean out the, the, the whole office of, um, of our, our, employees did you Donald Trump these people? 
Did you Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? You're fired. <laughs> now, I mean, it wasn't something that I wanted to do, but they made, they literally laid it out there. So there was no other options. It was, you know, it was employment situations that, that can't happen. So, um, but there was one girl that stuck with me. She's sweetheart. And she, to this day, she's still with the agency. I love her dearly. And, um, and I think she might even be, um, I know she's a manager now. She might even be a partner. Who knows? But she is doing great. And I'm, I'm grateful that she walked alongside me the whole time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. After that, I just started running that office and, um, trying out new things and, and succeeding, which was awesome. Now, when you, when you had to um, clean house, as you say, and Donald Trump, these people, when, Jeez. you know, I know th thinking back in these moments, like you were, you know, it, you were still relatively young. Um, you know, you had probably not been fired yourself ever. Um, I would imagine you decided your life's path. At least you've never told me you've gotten fired. I mean, unless there's something I, you know, I don't know, but you know, no. when you sat down and had that, that first difficult conversation, were you a little nervous about it? Oh my goodness. I was shaking. I actually had the flu. I was at home when I got the call from my brother up in our uh, office in Victorville. And he said, we have a situation. I need you to go to the office and I need um, you to be there because we're firing an employee. So you need to be there when we fire them and you have to make sure that they don't take anything and <laughs> basically be security. And I'm five foot four, a hundred pounds. So I'm just like, okay. And I'm shaking and I'm sick and I have no energy. So that was, that was probably the scariest. I can imagine and them asking, now listen, you got to make sure they don't take it. <laughs> You're thinking to yourself, uh, okay, I'll do the best I can. Block the door. Yeah. That's awesome. So Crystal, we do have to take a break from um, our corporate mm -hmm. sponsor, David versus Goliath, which is a business that you and I own together. And it's Anthem right. Software. You're with the David versus Goliath podcast with the extra special sugar on top guest, my beautiful wife, Crystal Joy. And yours truly, the handsome host, Adam DeGrade, will be right back. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. With the David versus Goliath podcast with Crystal Joy DeGrade, telling us all of her stories about how she not only had a Donald Trump people at the office, uh, she also became a bodyguard at the exact same time and had no idea oh, yeah. she had to become a police officer as well. These are There's a lot of things that people don't really realize what it takes when you're running a business or working in a business in a management level. And I know you love people and you care about them. But the funny thing is, my listeners and my viewers, I'm going to show you a picture right now. Like Crystal's very sweet, but for some reason, she actually looks, her spirit animal is this cheetah that her and I, I found in Carmel, California. And the, uh, I forget, was it Robert Knight? Is that is that the photographer's I name? So, yeah. I think it's Robert mm -hmm. Knight. And so you're looking at it right now, a fierce beauty determination, but she knows something that you don't know and that is Crystal. And and Crystal, now fast forwarding a little bit, you know, when we started to uh, date each other in my in Astonish, you started working alongside with me. And then when mm -hmm. I sold that business and we became husband and wife, which we're going to talk a little bit about in the last break. But um, when we sold that business, we decided we needed to start another one. A couple of years after, I, I remained on as CEO. A um, little tip for people that are going to sell their business or take on a private equity firm as a partner. Um, know your own type of personality and make sure that you stay only if you like working for other people and people that'll mess things up. If that's not your personality, get the heck out of Dodge 
And uh, that's what I would have done differently on that transaction. They're lovely people, don't get me wrong, but they just have a different way they see the world. And uh, it was frustrating. So then we started Crystal Clear. And at Crystal Clear, we worked with, at the end of it, we worked with you know 800 providers. And you became involved from the beginning in that business in regards to being our CFO and running the finances. Hence, back to when you started your own interior decorating business, learning QuickBooks, you were like, I can't believe I got to do this. Here you are now as an actual CFO of the company that we started together, along with Tim Sawyer and uh, Tom Kucher and Joe Amaral. And uh, it was just an awesome journey to be on. You know, did anything prepare you for that journey that you were about to go on from day one of a new business? Oh, absolutely. Every step of the way has prepared me for that. And and yet I wasn't completely prepared. So, um, you know, when when we started Crystal Clear, my my knowledge of you having sold what at that point two two other businesses Knowing that that was the end in mind, uh, that's how I started everything. So any type of analytic report that I could create, any tracking of any numbers that I could keep up with from the very beginning, because I knew if I waited a year, two years, three years and try to go backwards, what a headache that would have been. So I started every report I could possibly imagine. Not every report did we ever ended up needing, but... um but we used them in, in our business to make decisions and to move forward, which was very helpful. And plus I had the information at my fingertips when I needed it, which I needed it all the time. So it, it was helpful knowing what the end was when we first started, but it was a learning journey too. So crystal clear, I mean, with Astonish, I wasn't involved in the financial side of it. So I had to learn the financial side of it um, with crystal clear, I, you know, but I, that didn't, and that that's not something to scare people. I think that the most um, beneficial knowledge that I've gathered over the years is from jumping in and figuring it out. And I don't necessarily always do it on my own. I'll call a CPA. I'll ask for help. Um, I'll read. I'm a, I I love to read anything that can help me learn something new. I'll do, but. Um, but the only way you're actually going to learn it is if you just jump into it and figure it out. Yeah. And it, it's amazing because when we started that business, we had a formula that we've used in my two previous businesses that were able to come forward. And as a CEO, you know, it was always a challenge to get that data, that really critical data and that planning point. It's almost like if you don't know where you're going, it's very difficult to figure out how you're going to get there. And so with Crystal Clear, we literally set up when I gave the presentation to potential investors at the time, we knew, well, how many clients were to get year one, year two, year three, year four? We estimated what our retention rate would be. We estimated what our revenues would be. We estimated what we would sell the business for in the beginning. And the crazy thing about that is from that very first thing that you and I worked on at Crystal Clear, not only did we hit the numbers, we were within $50,000 of the multiple millions of dollars we thought we would end up netting at the end to the T. And that is amazing. Now, it takes a village. As you know, as your, your, our friend Hillary yes. says, it takes a village. <laughs> and uh, just joking about that part. But um, it takes a village to run a business. We had amazing partners that were handling stuff, getting stuff done. Now, one of the interesting thing, dynamics that you and I have talked about um, and pillow talk is sometimes how people could see you in the business. And you were always fascinated that um, some people might have been a little scared of you. And, and they didn't, you didn't really understand why that was the case. So I think this is an important point to stop because this gets a little bit weird and it also gets a little bit relevant to the people that tune in here. You know, when you have a strong woman in a business, um, it definitely can create some some sort of insecurities in, around certain individuals. And you definitely felt that. And I definitely saw that. What did that feel like for you? And you were bewildered by it, right? Uh, well, I, I would say this goes all the way back to my Armac days. 
Because when I finally took a management role, I mean, obviously, I'm the I'm the owner's daughter. So I obviously only got that role because I'm the owner's daughter, not because I, I worked for it or because I was smart enough for it or or any other reason other than the fact that I was the owner's daughter. So there was a lot of animosity that I dealt with in that um, agency. And, you know, I would try to do trainings and being a young girl trying to teach other women that are older and um, maybe more educated, have a lot more just life experience than I do um, was hard enough. And then you put owner's daughter on top of it. So I remember doing a training and, um, and afterwards I thought I did great. I was so excited, but of course, you know, no one wants to do anything new or have any change. So everyone was kind of just negative, but my brother comes up to me and he's like, Crystal, you know, you say I a lot, like you take credit for everything when you speak. And, um, he said, maybe you should probably change that to we or our. And so that was the beginning where like, I kind of got punched in the face and I was like, oh, so I'm not doing a great job. (laughs) And next thing I knew I was at Barnes and Noble or Borders or whatever the bookstore was at the time. And I was looking up every self-help book on how to, um, how to communicate more efficiently and, um, and incorporate people into the communication as well. So I had to go through a lot of learning. Um, and to this day, I still catch myself or I still try to, to communicate in a better light. Um, but I will tell you, you know, once, once we got past that and we were, I was involved in Astonish, whatever anyone thought of me there, I don't know really because I worked at home and I wasn't in the office. Um, and then crystal clear happened and I thought everything was hunky dory. I was dealing with finances. I, you know, of course I was always asking about the numbers, how many, you know, how many new deals are we getting and stuff. And apparently (laughs) I wasn't doing so great and I was not motivating people. Instead I was doing the opposite because I was so concerned about the numbers because I, that's all I deal with is, you know, paying bills and, and collecting money. So I'd constantly be asking about, well, what about, our goal is this, we just got a deal. And my next question would be like, so where are we on getting to our goal? And everyone was just like, Crystal, be quiet. Like, let's celebrate. And so it's hard because I, that's my yeah, personality. Yeah. And, I think, and-, I, and I think this is a good point to talk about because, you know, I'm married to you and I love you and we've been best friends for, you're my best friend in the whole world. Um, and you're so laser focused on the mission that I think what your brother said was is profound, right? It's like, this is, you know, th- we're on a mission, we're on a journey, but we need to stop and have those micro moments where it's like, okay, we might be too short of the goal and it might be one day left in the month, but the guy just brought a deal in. How about attaboy? You know what I mean? So it's, it's uh, but I understand by the way, and because I know you so well, it's not ill intended, but this is important by the way for, people who are listening and watching this podcast is that your team needs that positive reinforcement. They need redirection. There's no doubt about it when, it when there's things that have to happen. But don't forget that you're in it together and don't forget to smile at them and say, great job. And by the way, where's my two other deals? I need those too. And if there's anything I can do to help you, <laughs> let me know. And, and I think that that's, that's really great. And it's, it's, it's always, it's difficult even for me sometimes, right? I mean, we're in meetings, we'll be talking to things. You get so focused that you're missing the human element and what your brother's advice that he gave you is great. I've always had a principle in business. It's not I, it's we. It's we period, it's we collective that are doing this journey together. Now, for the watchers and the listeners, they may not be aware of this, Crystal. Crystal's not only the CFO to Anthem, software now. She was the CFO to Crystal Clear. She is the CFO of Bam Bam Tastic Games, which is coming out. Our family CFO. She's also involved in our our foundation, our CFO as of, of our foundation. As you said the other day, you're managing billions of accounts. That's not necessarily true, but it was a nice it exaggeration. Feels like it. You're an amazing mother of two of the most beautiful kids in the world. Anthem, 
and Rhapsody, two great names. One means epic song and epic poem. And as you know, Crystal, I'm an author. But before I was an author, you're an author of the story of you. This is a story that Crystal wrote and is available on all the same places. Really great illustrations. And you had a passion to help children understand the value of when they were created. You do so many things. You're an amazing woman. Tell the listeners and the watchers a little bit about the story of you. And then, because uh, I wouldn't have written my book. I wouldn't have done this had my wife not done this and encouraged me to do it. Tell the folks a little bit about the story of you. Oh, well, um, I believe I was, I don't remember if I was pregnant with Rhapsody or if it was after I had Rhapsody, but I remember that I had a calling on my heart actually a couple of years earlier um, where I, I knew God wanted to use me. And so I just didn't know where. And so I prayed the scariest prayer, uh, God, where do you want me? And uh, immediately he, he basically said he wanted me in the abortion industry and in the pro-life sector of the abortion industry. And I was like, no, 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 that's not gonna work. My brother wants to be in politics. My husband might be in politics. I can't do something political like that. And uh, it took, literally, there's a lot that happened, but a year almost to the day, I ended up being um, a board member on a local um, women's clinic here in Orlando called Choices Women's Clinic. And um, it was, I mean, it's just, it's all God when it's laid out there. It's just, it, he makes everything happen. You just have to hold on for dear life and hope you don't fall off. Um, but while I was sitting on that board, I also felt, you know, if there's something else that I could do that might affect at least even one person to, to a child, to let them know how precious their life is, um, especially just having two children, that was a whole thing. Cause you learn every stage of baby growing in your belly. And I wanted children to understand that in a way that. Maybe they would remember the story. And if they ever were um, in a situation of an unplanned pregnancy, they might have just a little bit of a thought of a book that they read when they were a little kid of how the baby forms in the womb and how precious it is. So I ended up sitting down and it took me maybe 30 minutes to write write the book. And then I looked it up because I've never written a book. So I looked up, you know, how long is a children's book? And it said about 13 pages. And I went through my story and I'm like, oh, I have 13 pages. So what do I do with that? You know, and it's another experience that you just figure it out. That, I mean, it, it, if you have something to do, do it. Don't get scared because you don't understand it. Figure it out. And so yeah, it's great. I kept watching Fox News. Sorry, but I did. <laughs> and they kept, um, it was weird because th this commercial kept coming on for Christian Faith Publishing. And I'd never seen a commercial for a publisher. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I should call them. And then one thing led to another and I published a book. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did publish a book. And, I, and it was, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Last night, Rhapsody came in to the office and she saw a copy of it on my desk. And she goes, Daddy, it's been a while since I've read this book. And she grabbed it. And then Anthem went and grabbed my book. And then last <laughs> night when you were at the board meeting, um, I, you know, I read them both of our stories and it's awesome. And this is what we talk about all the time on David versus Goliath, which is, you know, action is the life. It brings life to the entrepreneur action and doing things brings life. Like Crystal even said it, like sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to jump in the fire because there's energy and life behind it. Hesitancy can bring death. Now, Crystal, we're going to take a break from our, uh, another sponsor here on DVG. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the personal things that we do in our lives and some of the fun things that are coming up in our lives. And then at the end, I want to rewind and talk about the sale of Crystal Clear and that experience of what it was like going through it as a CFO when the numbers were being scrutinized by Ebenezer Scrooge and how well you did through that process. You're watching and listening to the greatest business podcast in the world. This is the DVG Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
At King16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting-edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's king, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. We're back for our final segment with the amazing, the beautiful, the talented Mrs. Degrade. And uh, Crystal, it's been awesome having you on. And thank you so much for coming on this journey. Now, what we're going to do right now is, you know, Crystal and I right now at the time of this recording, we're going down tomorrow to Naples. I've been working on a personal project because my wife has encouraged me over the last few years. Like when we sold Crystal Clear... She said, so what are we doing next? And I said, oh, like we don't take a break. She's like, no, we're not taking a break. We're going to get right into it and get the next thing. Said, Shit, task master. Let's go back to that cheetah picture. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what she is. And so she's like, get to work, get to work. So the very next day we incorporated and we got rocking and rolling on Anthem. And then, you know, all these things just started coming up in our lives. And she encouraged me to write the book and I wrote the book and then I've been playing music you know, for so many years, as you know, and, and I love playing music for you and the kids and the family. And I promoted a lot of other people's music over the years, but I haven't really promoted my own. And so Crystal encouraged me. She's like, why don't, why, why don't you make an album and do it? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I started writing, working on some pieces on the piano and, uh, and also acoustic guitar. And I've recorded 10 songs. And my cousin, Dave Lachance, has arranged a string quartet that we're going to see perform the music and record it uh, this Friday coming up at the time of this recording in Naples. So what I wanted to do right now is I'm going to show a rough version of the song. I'm going to play the entire song, but I'm going to do it to the montage of our, our honeymoon, and not our honeymoon, our um, engagement photos and our wedding photos so people can hear the beautiful music. This is a song called You and I, it's going to be coming out on that my album very soon. Enjoy this video.
And there you go, Crystal. I bet you didn't even know I was going to title that track, You and I, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Very special. It is very special. And, you know, I think about like all the people that I've met in my life that have helped me. Nobody's helped me more personally in my life than you. And nobody has helped me more professionally in my life than you. And so it's been a great blessing. Don't make me cry. I'm not, I'm not going to make you cry. I just want you to know this, that you've been a great blessing to hundreds of us, employees and uh, partners and family members and people that have come along and vendors because she pays your bills. So how about a little <laughs> thank you, Crystal, for paying my bills on time. Um, but, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And it's been awesome on this journey with you. Talk to the listeners a little bit about what it's like to be a partner with your husband. Well, um, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, you know, as, as the woman, you have to support your husband. And, um, and so at times you have to respect his choices and, and know that he's, he's making the right decision and, and stand behind him. And it's also hard because... Coming from a family business, we talked about business 24-7. So when you live with someone that you work with, it's very hard to separate business and family life. And so I've had to work on that as well. Um, I think we do it real well now, you know, not talking business, but sometimes like right before bed. I don't I'll, know. I'll we, talk business. we talk business a lot. <laughs> we do, but I don't feel like it... it it monopolizes our conversations um, where I feel like in my family situation with the insurance agency, like every family event, it turned to insurance. So I think we have a, a healthy um, balance with that. But like I said, it's it, sometimes I'll turn to Adam right before he's about ready to fall asleep and I'll say something about the business and he'll look at me and he'll say, why did you do that? Now I can't sleep. So I have to, I have to learn how to control what I'm thinking about or what I say um, and when to say it. And um, actually my mom taught me that a long time ago, especially with men, knowing the perfect time to bring up a subject will be the difference between a yes and a no. So yeah. Um, that was, that's, that was helpful. Thanks, mom, for that, because I've used it every day of my life. And then if I don't, well, I usually get a no. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's not, it's not completely the easiest thing working with your husband. Um, my husband is uh, very passionate, um, and he also usually knows what people are saying before they even know what they're saying. So he doesn't have a tendency to listen very long. Um, <laughs> very short. So you, you have to know how to, you have to know your husband's personality and you know how to, you need to know how to deal with it. Um, and once you do that, it's pretty powerful because you have two different human beings in your business that hear different stories from different people that might be more comfortable talking to me versus talking to Adam or vice versa. And you, you take all of that in and you work together to create the best environment that you possibly can create and the best company you possibly can create. That's great. I mean, it's really great advice. I mean, you know, it's, it's important to be mindful of each other, right? Like timing is critical mm -hmm. in a marriage in general. Then you add, add <laughs> the layers of complexity of managing employees and businesses and good days and bad yeah. days and horrible days and great days and more horrible days yeah. and more great days. And uh, then you travel together, live together. It's, it's a been, roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. You know, um, I've sold a few businesses, as you know. I've sold uh, mm -hmm. three, and we're on our fourth now. And I was told by the people who bought our last business um, that they've never seen more organized business of our size, financially, data, answers to questions. Our transaction, most times when a company... They come in and they say, okay, they sign a letter of intent and they're going to buy your business in 90 days. 90 days turns into six months to nine months to a year to never. We closed on the exact day that they said they were going to close on and they gave you the credit for it. Going through that process, Crystal, was stressful, right? Because you're dealing with the CEO, who's your husband. You're listening to me on the phone call. You're listening to the negotiations. You're also, when the phone call hangs up, I'm going, 
we need this, 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 this. You know, all these bullets are firing at you. So I'm firing bullets at you. The buyer's firing bullets at you. You have managed it unbelievably. Our partners were firing bullets at us. <laughs> it was amazing. And yeah. at the end of the day, we got it done. And you did it. Mm-hmm. What was it like from a CFO's perspective to have your numbers so scrutinized like that and to come out on the other side smelling like roses? Um. Well, first of all, one of the things I had to deal with right away was the fact that I'm dealing with people that have uh, many, many, many years of education in the field that they're in. So I was dealing with lawyers. I was dealing with accountants. I was dealing with um, people that had- Multiple CPA firms. Multiple CPA firms. Oh, yeah. People that do things with numbers that I don't even know what the the name is that they do with those numbers. But it's, and I, all my education's been on the job, really, when it comes to um, the financial side of things. So I had to get over that and realize that I know the business and they don't. So whatever they asked for, I, I had, because like I said, when I, when we started Crystal Clear, I knew we were going to sell it. So I made report after report, even of things that I, I wasn't sure if it would be useful in the end, but they wanted the reports. And you had them and you had them and you had them. That's right. Yep. So that's when, when we went into the cell, I had 30 days to work with multiple law firms, which don't typically work very fast, multiple CPAs, which don't typically work very fast. They sent me, I think it was three different spreadsheets with three, with with multiple tabs on each spreadsheet for the whole company. So I was, I was making sure that each individual department was also providing reports that they needed that I didn't create. So I was just, Hoping we had him, but, um, but we did, you know, and I thank Joe for that because Joe, our, our COO at the time, he, he knew what the end was too. And, um, a lot of those reports helped us run our business, which was, and Joe is our, Joe is our COO of Anthem software now. And by the way, this business has started off with the exact same structure and roadmap and plan. And we've got to hit those numbers. If you're working at Anthem right now, pay attention because Crystal will be there. She'll be asking those questions. Crystal, do you have any like final advice that you'd give to someone who's trying to balance work life, family life, um, and fun? And, you know, because I mean, I think you do that very, very well. I mean, a lot of people don't do that well. You do. Do you have any advice for them? Oh, man. It's, it's hard. I mean, there's times when I feel completely overwhelmed with the business and, and Adam says, let's go out on the, on the jet skis. Um, so it is really, with my husband, it's very hard to balance because I, my favorite thing guys is I'm a gamer. It, it drives her crazy. Okay. I'm like, I play, I play games at least three hours a day. I have to, that's what I do. And, uh, she'll be working and I'll be gaming and she'll be like, Hey, I got a question for you. I'm like, uh, I'm in the middle of a game right now. She's like, but I'm working. I'm like, so am I. I'm working on my kill count. But anyway, it was, uh, it's definitely, it's, it, there are these dynamics that are very human and very real. And, uh, you know, anyway, continue on. Well, I think I had to figure out what my um, priorities were because um, I also homeschool. And so when it comes to um, my purpose in my life, I had to figure out well, where where is my purpose lie. So if it lies with God, it lies with my husband, and it lies with my children first and foremost, um, and then the businesses. So I I have a scheduled time that I spend with my my kids for homeschooling, and that gets done. Once that's done, then I, you know. I hopefully have time to work out and time to make my husband happy because there's always, you always have to schedule time to make your husband happy. Boom. Or else you won't be happy. (laughs) And by the way, as I always say, Crystal, happy wife, happy life, happy hubby, always chubby. That's, (laughs) that's what I just made up on the spot. I got a feeling our producer's going to grab that and say, happy hubby, happy chubby. 
No, that's we're not going to do that one, TJ. Uh, just so you know, TJ is our, our our editor and our producer. TJ, don't let's not do that. Crystal, this has been this has been so much fun having you on, and uh, what a great journey it has been doing business with you and doing life with you. And um, I just wanted our listeners and our watchers to know the strength behind the DVG podcast because this podcast would not exist if you didn't say to me, Adam. You need to do a podcast and give back to the business community. And for that, all of the watchers and listeners should give Crystal a little note saying, thank you. It's been amazing. Crystal, I love you. Thank you for being my best friend and my business partner, my wife and my mother of my children and the teacher and the CFO and the counselor and you know my medic. I mean, you just name it. You're everything. You are amazing. There's no doubt about it. And so am I. And one last thing, Crystal, grab that statue behind you that's on my desk really quick. Yeah. Uh, and let's show the people uh, the statue. Uh, what does it say exactly? Oh, the world's yeah. greatest husband. And with that being said, this is the end of the episode of David versus Goliath. I'm your host, Adam DeGrade. You've been listening to Crystal Joy and myself. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Everyone have a fantastic day.